Hello. Here we are, recording early. Anyways. You didn't, did you like my obnoxious? Yeah. Banana bread. We have, <laughs> look at what's boiled today. We've got. We are, well, if we can't drink alcohol right now. Right. We might as well load up on sugar. So you did good. And hubby too. So it's not tipsy tails today. It's as, sugary as I talk tails with today. Banana in my banana bread in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. I am like an ugly eater. Like I get the bulge on the side of my cheek right here. I have super thin lips, so I don't look sexy at all when I eat. You don't. Go. And according to my daughter, I, <laughs> oh no, I breathe heavy when I eat. Oh no, but that's just because I'm so excited. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Who's my friend? Ugh. So how's your week going so far, lady? Uh, actually, the, it went fast. Yeah? Did the week go by fast for you? Um. Like, one day was super slow. It was like, oh, it's only 9 a.m.? I got a lot done at 9 a.m. But then the week itself, it seemed like it went by really fast. Yeah, it is kind of going by fast. I think because I've been super busy. I'm always busy, but, like, this week is just, like, I don't know. Uh. Isaiah's birthday was Sunday. (gasps) Well, his birthday was last week, so we just had a little dinner on Sunday. I feel like an asshole. Why? Because I didn't get to say say him happy (laughs) (laughs) birthday-ish. Food is all I care about right now. I was so hungry earlier. Look at that. It's not even funny. that big cheek? So the kids were all over at the house, and, you know, we all ended up sitting. I made uh, chicken tortilla soup which is what he requested. Mm-hmm. And we're all sitting around the table. And that day, Mario, who's the only one of my three kids who's on Facebook, had po- posted something. Um, it was like a meme saying, so what are we supposed to do with our kids? Maybe we just leave them home by themselves. And then it was like the, it was like a, a little face that said 90s parents. And then the face is like, mm. <laughs> oh, man. and then he like at the top, he wrote like this big old thing about, all the crazy shit that they got into when we weren't home. Like, basically, this big, long confession. Too soon. Yeah. Too soon, so, baby But, cakes. I mean, I know all of these things because they have confessed to me. I would, I'd read them to you right now. But it's it, it was funny. So, I, like, kind of put them on the spot. I said, your, your brother <laughs> p- made this post and he kind of outed you guys. And he didn't just out them. Um, he outed my best friend's children. Oh. Because apparently they went on a joyride at some point. <gasps> what? So outed Who's them. Uh, Olivia's. Was it? it was my and... her minivan. Oh. So yeah, and she and she was like, "What? What?" Mm-mm. And then she like kept on asking, like, and writing back like questions. And he's like, <laughs> "I was like, I can't help you now, boy." <laughs> and he was like, "Mom, help." <laughs> It was hilarious. It's funny because they think so many years have gone by that it's safe. Right. No. It's not. Mm-mm. When when you have your own children and like they start getting into that trouble, mm-hmm. then it's safe. Then you'll, then you'll understand. Go ahead. Start spewing your guts. So all you've done is make me feel like those prayers that I said like every day. <laughs> like, please, God, just keep these kids alive. <laughs> Please just keep these kids alive. Yep. We're warranted. And they worked. <laughs> Apparently. And they worked. Well, what cracks me up is I I honestly, Allie confesses things to me. And I think she thinks I was completely blind. And there were so many times that I would text her and be like, where are you? I'm, mom, I, God, I'm, I'm over at so-and-so's house. 
are you sure that's where you're at? Oh my God. And she would, she would get super defensive and get mad at me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know why you don't trust me. I didn't say I didn't trust you. I'm asking you a question. And now she'll be like, remember when? I'm like, and remember when I asked you 10 times, are you sure that's where you're at? Right. Like, do you think I didn't know you were lying to me? <laughs> so I knew, but then there's times like you, it's okay. I just would rather not know. Mm-hmm. And it's all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fine. Like him talking about they made a chlorine bomb, apparently. Oh, my god! When we had the above ground pool, they mm. got into some chlorine. Mm-mm-mm. And uh, Isaiah threw it in the air and it just like, mm. like, because the pressure, I think they did put it mm. in a bottle and they shut the bottle and whatever. Mm-hmm. And he threw it in the air and it just like exploded. And it was plastic, and mm-hmm. a piece of the plastic Mm-mm. narrowly missed his side, cut him, cut through his shirt. Mm-mm. But the worst part is that they could have just died from asphyxiation mm-hmm. because I, Mario and Serena went in the house and said that they almost passed out. Oh, my gosh. So, anyways, we get home, and I smell chlorine, so mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, the kids clean the house or something? I'm like, mm-hmm. what happened? Yeah. Oh, how sweet. You, uh clean the pool and i never even knew i ne- we never even knew until they got a little bit older mm-hmm. just recently yeah and then a few other admissions in there i was like oh my god Mm-mm. i don't i still haven't even confessed everything to my own mom of things that i've done but we didn't have supervision at all well see the sad thing is we were just in that like weird spot where we made enough money mm-hmm. to get by but we made too much money to qualify for certain programs and put them in after school, whatever. Uh-huh. But we just didn't have enough money to put them in those programs. So, like, and this is when they were already, like, they were already, like, teens. Like, right. they, they were, I wouldn't say they were quite teens, but they were in that little middle ground, like whatever. 12, 13. Yeah. Um, we had, we did some after school programs and whatever, but, I mean, Albert was working on one side of town. I'm working on the other side of town, and sometimes I'd end up working till 6 or 7, depending on like because i was working at car dealerships and i was we would like close out the month at the end of the month or whatever so yeah they'd probably like from what time did they get home like three something until one of us got home which albert was usually the first one home they can get quite creative quite and And, you know they feel like nothing bad can happen to them so everybody's always like oh your kids are so perfect you have the best kids and i'm just like (laughs) "Mm -hmm." they are pretty great Uh, Oh, and my dogs killed my garden. Oh, no. They like, they, it's like totaled. Yeah. My attempt at making a garden. I, at I'm this sorry. point, I'm just, I'm more mad at like the investment I put into water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, because we bought a bunch of stuff to make a, like a fence around it and whatever. But that's one of the things about, I, I want to put a garden in my backyard. Mm-hmm. But I have the neighbors behind me that like to like douse the yard with pesticides mm-hmm. and whatever. And then I have every cat in the neighborhood that likes to shit in my yard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm like, if I put a garden out there, I'd have to figure out a way to put it somewhere where it's not being saturated and killed with. Because I can't even grow grass in my oh, backyard God. now. Really? Uh-huh. You probably got like Roundup all in your backyard. Like it's yeah. Probably... Oh, it's stronger. It's so bad. So I have to probably put it, you know, that front planter area in my front, you know, at the doorway. I'm thinking that would be a you, great that's, place that's... for herbs. Mm-hmm. It is. Like just full of herbs. It's perfect. And yeah. then put a little fence around it of some sort to make it a little harder for cats. 
Yeah, that would probably be a perfect Because cats really like to poop in that thing. But if I put things that are strong that they don't like, mm-hmm. like lemony kind of herbs, peppermint, things like that. But he hears me chewing on ice. Oh, I was just doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and realized it. You know me. Let's do ASMR. ASMR. Is that what it's called? What? Let's whisper. Shh. Let's whisper the whole thing. So a couple of quick announcements before we jump into our stories, because I know you have somewhere to be at. So I finally, like after like tons of procrastination, put us up on YouTube. Uh-huh. So I've put a few episodes up so far, but we're out there. And so now start... you can actually like and subscribe. Yes, you can like and subscribe and, you know. And you share want. and send it. Yes. I'm just, okay. Like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Tell a friend. And we got a new subscriber on our Patreon, Brittany. Woohoo! Brittany! And I'm pretty sure Tomas is her husband. Tomas? So, yeah. And what's her name? Brittany? Brittany. Yay! So. We're so thankful. We are so thankful. Thank you guys. And you guys unwittingly um, purchased us a new boom arm. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! And if you open that video in Patreon, you will see how desperately hilarious and needed it was. Yes. Yes. Definitely. <sighs> so there's that. And our third announcement is <gasps> that we finally opened our merch store. And we I've, have merch. There's a few cool items out there. Like there's t-shirts. I haven't put like a men's t-shirt, but I am um, that by Friday. And by the time you guys are listening to this on Tuesday, it should like have a bunch of stuff in there. Cute sweatshirts. Uh, cute sweatshirts, hoodies. And? Masks. Ooh, they are so cute. Well, we'll see when we get because we I ordered some for us. Yeah. Um, and we so also excited. we already got orders, which was pretty cool because so I sent awesome. it to a few people last night and I was like, well, I sent it to a lot of people last <laughs> night. I was like, hey, we finally got our store, but all the people that have been asking and stuff. So we did yeah. get a few orders. So that well, was so that was awesome. So thank you to those who have ordered. I can't really see who ordered, but because um, they handle all the they they send everything out. So our logo is so cool. I can't wait until we can have the wine glasses done. Right. And I love our coffee mug. Yes. I love that coffee mug. Yes. Oh, and there is a coffee mug on there. Yeah, that yes. is cool. If you want to and there's like diecast stickers and um there's a bunch of stuff. So Go have at it. Check it out. I'm probably going to put the uh, link up on our Facebook. It's definitely going to be up on the white, uh, the website. It'll definitely be up on um, YouTube. We need to get well, some hats. There is hats. There on are? There, but it, yeah. But, yes. I, but I like I said, hats. I want to. Oh, I don't want to put the, whole, the artwork. Yeah. Right. Do, yeah. Because yeah. we're working on yeah. that. So. Yeah. 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 We're going to work on that. And then our, our merchandise is just going to keep getting better and better and better so i mean if you guys don't want to subscribe to patreon but you do want to get a t-shirt it's out there now it the stuff looks really good i'm just impressed with our masks alone they yeah the, the masks they look really cool i want to see them in person when we finally get them don't yeah we? i can't wait so i guess they'll be here they'll be here friday so oh my sad. gosh i'm so excited so when you get back i'll have a mask for you all right Good, because right. I need new one anyway. So we should probably just get right into it. Let's. For time's sake. Let's do it. We are not drinking alcohol today because it's like the middle of the freaking day. And we're uh, so ridiculous. Carlene has to drive this afternoon, so. Yeah. We're, we're, but we're super caffeinated right now, so yeah. we'll just know that. But unfortunately, you we can't one. use 
uh, wine tongue as an excuse for fumbling. No, we can't. Wow, that's amazing. So there's like five blank pages in here. All right. So do you need those pages? Do no, you want me no, to go? No, it looks like the, I, it just somehow like I was wondering why it was just, so thick. Yeah. I was like, when I, I was like, oh, well, that looks thicker than I thought it was going to be. Because anyways, um, anyhow, we're taking it back to um, the turn of the century again, uh, early 1900s. And we are going to talk about the Papin sisters. Ooh. For anybody out there that speaks French or is French or is in France, I am going to butcher the shit out of the French language. So just be prepared. If you are triggered by that, you might not want to listen. <laughs> oh, please. I don't think people will care. All right. So here we are. The Papin Sisters. Um, just really quick, right off the top, I'm going to just tell you where I got some of this information from Wikipedia, mm-hmm. History 101, Vintage News. Um, there's a blog out there called Survival of the Dad and Obsolete Oddity on YouTube. So lots of stuff out there. There was way more than that. I mean, there was people are definitely interested in these girls. So this story is about Christine and Leah Papin, who were both born in Le Mans, France, to... Uh, Clements or Clemence, I don't know, Dare and Gustave Papin or Papin. I have no idea. <laughs> so Christine was born in 1905 and Leah in 1911. But there was another sister. So to say that they had a dysfunctional childhood would be an understatement. So let's talk about their parents. Let's go back to when their parents are dating. Clemence gets pregnant. Oh, um, see? See, let's just go back to that. Yeah. We always talk about it. They all thought they were so proper. Back in the day. Back in the day, we never, we'd even kiss on the first day. Yeah. We were having sex in cars back then. That's why they had them freaking homes for these, all these unwanted babies. Yeah. Was it any different than today? Yes. So, she gets pregnant, but Gustav isn't entirely sure that it's his. Is it Gustav? Gustav. Gustav. Uh He, like, it's been rumored that she's messing around with her boss, and he's jealous about that. So she gets mm-hmm. pregnant, has the baby, they get married, has the baby about five months later, huh. and then at some point he's, like, wants to pick them up and move to another town. Huh. And she, like, turns into a total dra- drama queen about this and was like, if you move me away from here, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, my goodness. So they don't move, apparently. Huh. It sounds like she's the one that's going to be the manipulator. She is. And so, of course, that makes him more suspicious that he's she's diddling the boss. Right. At some point, he starts drinking heavily and he becomes mm. a horrible, abusive drunk. Mm. Um, don't feel sorry for him. Mm. Meanwhile, Clemence is just not suited for motherhood. And she decides to send Amelia to Don Bon Pasteur Catholic Orphanage. And, and this seems to become a theme. So Amelia is the first daughter, not the one that the story is about, but this is the old, their oldest daughter. And and I think he doesn't think that she's his anyways. Right, because she was, yeah. suppo- in his head, she was messing around. Right. So while she's in the orphanage, um. it comes out that uh, Gustav raped her. <gasps> yeah. That's what I said. Don't feel sorry for him. What a piece of shit. Her mother basically accuses her of seducing her father. Mm-mm. And sends her to a convent where she ends up becoming a nun. What is wrong with these people? I know. 
She's she's a piece of work. Listen, He's a piece a, of work. There's a lot of people like that out there. Ugh, I know. People mm-hmm. that just should not have kids. No. Should not have kids. Your kid comes to you and says, somebody's messing with me, and you take the you, other you side. Seduce. Yeah, yeah. I've and heard so many stories. I've heard so Mm-mm. many stories. That's yeah. just so disgusting. It is disgusting. And you know what? It's not just exclusive to the early 1900s. No, it's still it happens happening. today. It's, it's still sick. happening. Okay. Uh, somewhere in the middle of the ch- of this, Christina's born, and her mother decides to give her to her per- paternal aunt and uncle to raise. Not long after she's born, so she's just That's she's definitely good. not suited for motherhood. No, but at least she recognized it at that point. Well, yeah, um, she lives with. Yeah, but she, it seems like she gives is a weird word because it seems like she still is like influencing their life during the course of all of this. Ugh. Like they're like there's some like they're. There's a lot of back and forth, it feels like. Um, she lives with them for seven years and then is sent to a Catholic orphanage, apparently at the demand of Clemence. Mm-mm. Yeah. And this is not too long after she sent her other daughter. So they basically have an abusive, controlling, selfish drama queen for a mother and, the drunk, and a drunk molester for a father. So it's here that Christine also decides that she wants to be a nun. But that doesn't happen because her mom is like, oh, hell no, girl, you are not going to become a nun because you know why you're going to I'm putting you out in the workforce and you are going to give me all your money that you make. What? Yeah. Wait. So now she's not living with the aunt. No, she's at this back with her mom. Uh, Well, she's she's out. She's out in the workforce. So she's like she gets jobs as maids. So she's basically living in the houses. Oh, okay, okay. But I think I think there is back and forth. Okay. So she learns how to become a cook and a good cook. Um, she's described as a good worker, but was also known to be insubordinate at times. So, like, she was very strong-minded and strong-willed. She's just you like have a, some, to be. Yeah. So when Leah is born in 1911, oh, which dear. is somewhere in the middle of all of this, like I'm mm-hmm. telling each person's story, but it's all kind of like it, it all kind of melts together. She's given to her maternal uncle. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Oh dear Lord! Who don't she tell lives me. with until he dies. Oh, so but he doesn't do anything bad. No. Oh, that's good. Not that I know. Of. And she's she's considered the good one. Like she's quiet. She does what <laughs> she's told. You know, she didn't really like. It sounds like Christine mm-hmm. lived through a lot of the the abuse still with the parents. Yeah. Before, like okay. Well, they kind of had to have the li- They had to have those personalities to survive what they went through. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, so hold on, you didn't even hear. Everybody will hear that. That was so obnoxious. I I can't hear it in my head because I don't have my headphones on. But but it's obnoxious. It's obnoxious. Okay, so she Leah, the third youngest child, also Mm -hmm. ends up in a Catholic orphanage until she was about fifteen, and then she was pushed into employment as well by her mother. Also, at some point, all three girls are in the convent at the same time, and they all bond and get close. Mm. So I guess this was a good time for them, but their mom didn't like to see them happy, apparently. Wait, pause. I don't know how she can send them to an orphanage and then still have communication with them and still profit from them. Yeah, because she's a manipulative. But I think if you send them to an orphanage, you've lost everything. Mm -hmm. You don't get any access to them at all. Yeah, apparently that was not the case with this lady. Um, Leah was described by others as quiet and obedient and introverted. She is described as less intelligent than Christine, so she's basically a follower. Because Christine has like a more controlling nature to her. She's like right. the more dominant person. That The time that the sisters did spend with their parents was cluttered with 
chaotic arguments, attempted molestation, rape, and other forms of physical and verbal abuse. Their parents finally were divorced, but only because Clemence was jealous of the attention that Gustave paid to the daughters. That's why I'm saying it sounds like, I mean, I, I got this from a bunch of different sources, but it sounds like they were, there was a lot, still a lot of back and forth, even though. I know. I don't understand that. Yeah. If they were sent to an orphanage, that should have been the end of it, and they shouldn't have had any contact with their parents. So both sisters worked as maids in various homes in Le Mans, but they preferred to work together. And during, so this is Leah and Christine, because the other sister remains a nun, I think until she dies. And during this time, Clemence is collecting their wages and basically living off of her daughters that she didn't care to raise. Wow. Hey, listen, think of the people that, I feel like some people just have kids to have people to do their housework and to, their laundry. To have a, a a check that comes from the government. And a check to have, yeah. <laughs> I've seen it happen. Yeah, so have I. So that brings us to 1926, when they found themselves in the employment of the Lancelin household. So these people are... They're rich. Uh, they end up as maids. Uh, I'm going to guess that Christine's about 21 and Leah's about 15. Renee Lancelin was a retired solicitor and they were definitely upper class. Um, it was him, his wife, Leonie, and their daughter, Genevieve. So at first they enjoyed their employment. They were treated well by the Lancelins. Um, it was probably the most stability they'd ever had in their short lives. They mm. ate the same food as the family, lived in a heated room, were paid the standard wages of the time. Um... The professional comportment of the siblings was apparently excellent. In fact, the Lancelins were the envy of every French upper-class household for having such dedicated and hard-working domestic help. Wow. During this time, the girls basically kept to themselves, which people thought was weird, and had a very close bond that some felt was too close. Mm. Um, at some point, they visited a fortune teller, and the fortune teller tells them that in a former life, they had been man and wife. Uh-uh. The sisters. Yeah. Wow. Weird. But things were not as they seemed to outsiders in the Lancelin house. Apparently, in the seven years that they worked for the Lancelins, they never spoke to Renee, the husband. He didn't speak to them. Oh, like they weren't allowed to? I, I, or he didn't speak to them. He just... Oh, and he don't just, speak just had nothing. Yeah. To. But they... It sounds like they ate at the same table, like... I just don't understand. Or did they just eat the same food, but in servant? It could be. It could be that. Mm. Okay, so Leonie was the one in charge of them and was obsessed with keeping the house in order. At first, by all counts, everything was really good. Um, They seemed to be close to her, Mm -hmm. close enough to call her Maman, which meant they, like, saw her as a mother figure wow and during this time they called their mother own mother that woman oh well she earned that right but who could blame them right at some point leone finds out that they are forced by their mother to send their wages to her and she puts a stop to it basically telling her um your gravy train has ended now nice however Leonie was odd in that she never communicated verbally to the girls about how she wanted the house cleaned or like when she gave them orders, she would let, she would write them notes instead of telling them in person. And as the years went on, she came, became more obsessive. Uh, One of the articles I read said that, and I think even in Wikipedia said that um, she went through depression and she started taking things out on them. Of course, dang it! So this so is over a course of like seven years, and she and she nitpicked at them constantly. She would even pinch them if they missed something. God, 
Apparently, the girls confided in each other that it got out of hand and that they both would defend themselves the next time it happened. Uh Uh-oh. Apparently, there was a preceding incident that it was just bad enough for them to be like, oh, hell no, we're not letting her do that again. Well, this is true crime. This is a true crime story, guys, so do not forget. Get ready. So, apparently, that day came and it was escalated by a freaking faulty iron. (laughs) On February 2nd, 1933, the Lancelin family were all out and about on separate errands. Um, Renee was hanging out with a friend. Uh, Leonie and Genevieve were out shopping the town. And apparently they were all going to meet at her brother's house to have dinner. Like they're, And they were probably going to stay the evening there. But that didn't happen. Back at the house, the sisters were busy doing their chores, running errands. One of these errands was to pick up the fucking faulty iron. Oh, no. Let's, let's blame it on the iron. That had been causing electrical blowouts in the match- mansion. So Not the actual electrical outlets or anything. No. So while they, they brought it home, plugged it in, and a fuse was blown once again. Oh, wait. I bet it's the girl's fault. Yeah. <laughs> so, but... Well, kind of, they were just like, well, they're not coming home till tomorrow, so they weren't in a hurry to fix it. They were kind of just like, you know, we have the house to ourselves. They just went about doing their business, their chores, whatever. Mm -hmm. Except for about 5.30, Leonie and Genevieve decided to take a detour because they'd been shopping all day. They probably Mm -hmm. wanted to drop off all their crap. And upon arriving, they noticed that the house was dark. Mm. And this sent her into a fucking rage. And she took it out on both sisters. She flips out, starts screaming at them as if it's their fault. And this proved to be a mistake because Christine fucking snapped. Mm. She decided to release the Kraken. All the pent up anger just came flooding to the surface. She grabs a hard jug, smashes Mm. it over Leonie's head. Genevieve, who may be the only innocent in this whole melee, does what any daughter would do. And she defends her mother. And Christine turns to her. And gouges her eyes out, <gasps> one of her eyes out with her bare hands. Oh, no. Yes. Is there a movie about this? There actually is. Okay, I was going to say, they have to make a movie yeah. about this. Leah looks at her sister, like, what, what, what do you want me to do? And her sister points to Leone and directs her to do the same to her, upon which she complies, attacks Leone. She just, like, lunges at her, holds her down, and follows Christine's orders and gouges both of her eyes out. What? Both of them. So at this point in the story, I'm imagining that they literally go berserk like a berserker in a state of war. Right. They just like have lost all sense of reason and whatever. They just like everything. Smell blood. Everything came out. Yeah. All the years. Yeah. Their victims are laying dazed and blind. Christine went to the kitchen, came back with a knife and a hammer, and the sisters proceeded to slice and bludgeon the mother and daughter. Without mercy. Mm-mm. And when I say without mercy, I mean a fucking overkill. So the next part of this description is not for the squeamish. So <laughs> if this is you, you should probably just skip ahead a few minutes Mute. on this podcast. <laughs> Afterwards, the sisters would reveal that their victims were screaming and calling out, but could not remember what they were saying. Or it could be that they simply were not listening to them plead for their lives. Oh my gosh. After they decided that Madeline... Madame Lancelin and Genevieve were dead. They decided to prepare them as they would meet for cooking. No. No. With Christine later, very calmly. We we do a lot of these stories lately. (laughs) Are we being attracted in this direction? Oh my gosh. Um, So anyways, Christine later commented that she was following a recipe for rabbit from a cookbook. Mm -mm. 
They then lifted the women's skirts and slashed their buttocks and thighs. What? I just said it's not for the squeamish. What? And in one... Okay, be prepared. Why one, would they even go there? Uh, that's why I said, like, they just, like, went berserk. They lost their they shit. Lost, they lost their shit. Yeah. They lost their shit. And one last macabre twist, they smeared Genevieve's menstrual blood over no. both of the corpses as if they were basting them. What the hell? They just went into full, like, what? What the fuck? I have no idea. The whole gruesome attack lasted about 30 minutes. And when oh. they were finished, Christine and Leah retired to their room. What, take a nap? <sighs> After all that. <laughs> Renee, who was waiting for his wife and daughter to show up for dinner, went home to look for them. When he gets there to their house, the house is dark and deadly quiet, and the door was bolted from the inside. So they called for the police. I'm pretty sure nothing could prepare them for the utter carnage that they found upon entering as an office as an officer shone his flashlight on the ground. An eyeball stared back uh, at them. Oh, from her eye being gouged out. Mm-hmm. And I found pictures. They have pictures. Uh-uh. Yeah, somebody went and took pictures of the crime scene. Like, there's pictures. There are pictures. What? And of course, I'm going to put them up on the website. Of course you are. Um, they feared that the housekeepers had been brutalized. Then, So they went upstairs to look for Christine and Leah as well. And they found them. Some accounts say naked in bed, alluding again to their strange closeness and covered in blood. Other accounts don't say anything about them being naked, but that they were both hugging each other and shivering when they found them. Um, Why didn't they take off at least? I I think once the rage and all that Mm -hmm. wore off, they probably were like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. Who, Who knows? The hammer they used was sitting next to them, encrusted with blood, hair, uh, and brain matter. Uh, they immediately confessed. Well, yeah. Claiming self-defense. Self-defense. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we had to do it. We had to and then we had to cut their butts. <laughs> and then we had to smear her. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we had to take their eyeballs out. We had to. It- <sighs> They, it, was it was staring at me. We had to make a rabbit stew out of them. <laughs> oh, sick. So, of course, they're taken into custody immediately. And word got out all around France. And apparently there was public outcry, but in their defense. What? From the working class, but even oddly the rich. Janan hmm. um, Paul Sartre. Uh, saw crime the crime as a sign of class struggle between the rich and the poor. Interesting. Interesting. Which which that was not happen. But but that would never even happen in America. (laughs) It wouldn't. No. There would be no mercy. Nothing about it. Yeah. Okay. So they both pled insanity, and each of them protected the other by claiming sole responsibility. Hmm. However, the prosecution told the jury that three doctors had assessed them and due to the fact that they cleaned up after the murders that they were sane, seemingly mm. overlooking the way they prepared the bodies to cook them. Ugh. Okay. That's not sane. That's not sane. None of that was sane. No. There's nothing sane about what they did. Mm-mm. But Okay. Even when the defense argued this point, the jury had already made up their mind and the sisters were... That the sisters were sane and guilty. The judge decided to be lenient on Leah as he felt that she was under the influence from her older sister and sentenced her up to 10 years in hard labor. 
Christine was sentenced to death by guillotine, <gasps> which would take place in Le Mans public square on September 30th, 1933. Which what happened was, to the youngest one? Leah, that was Leah was got the tenure. No, I mean, the, there's three sisters. What happened she, to the youngest It was the one? oldest one. She ends up being a nun. Oh, it's she the oldest one. Okay, okay. She so, never, like, the, yeah. So this is the quiet one that I actually had hoped for Mm -hmm. and then the middle one Mm -hmm. and then the oldest who I thought was going to end up being the murderer she's She's a nun okay all right so go ahead so give get get you know yeah no (laughs) um later her sentence was commuted did you oh, hear wait, that when no, I said that? No, yeah. no, no. So it said Christine was sentenced to death by guillotine, which would take place in Le Mans Public Square right. on September 30th, 1933. And they later commuted to life imprisonment. Interesting. Christine and Leah were placed in a prison separately. This caused Christine to become mm. extremely distressed. At one point, she was allowed to see her sister. And on that occasion, she threw herself into her arms. The conversation that followed implied that the sister's actually nurtured a sexual relationship. Mm-mm. Apparently, Christine reportedly threw herself at Leah, unbuttoning her blouse, begging her, please say yes, suggesting what? an incestual sexual relationship. What? In July 1933, Christine experienced a fit or episode in which, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had to take time to process that. Sorry. It is. Mm-mm. But, but... They Psych- psychologically looking at them. They had experienced the only, unnatural sexual advances but, by their father. But no, but least. I also think because they never had that nurturing by the mother. Mo- any mother that it they found it with each other and then it kind of got confused with the sexual part. And so they just took whatever felt good and loving to them. Mm-hmm. Something. And then it, it just it just got confusing. They were confused. I feel very sorry for them in that. Yeah. In July 1933, Christine experienced a fit or episode in which she tried to gouge her own eyes out and Aww. had to be put in a straitjacket. She then made a statement to the um, investigated mas- magistrate in which she said that on the day of the murder, she had experienced an episode like the one she just had in prison. And this was what precipitated the murders. The court appointed three doctors to administer psychological evaluations. I think this this was while they were still like going through the trial. Mm. Um, and they concluded that the sisters had no pathological mental disorders and were deemed them same. Although medical des- testimony given during September 1933 trial noted a history of mental illness in the family. Mm. Their uncle had committed suicide while their cousin was living in an asylum. They also believed that Christine's affection for her sister was based on family ties and not in an incestuous, like what you're saying, mm-hmm. relationship as others had suggested. Um, the separation from Leah proved to be too much for Christine. Her condition deteriorated rapidly. Once they were apart, she experienced bouts of depression and madness, eventually refusing to eat. Prison officials transferred her to a mental institution and Renz, Renez, I don't know how you say that, um, hoping that she would benefit from professional help still separated from leah she continued to starve herself until she died of cachexia which is wasting syndrome which you see in cancer patients or aids patients you know where they just like waste down to the bones Mm. so she ends up dying on may 18th 1937 leah fared better than christine serving only eight years of her 10-year sentence 
After she was released in 1941, she lived in the town of Nantes, where she was joined by her mother. What? She, yeah. She, and it doesn't really go into any other detail, so I don't know that. I mean, I'm sure that was fun. Mm. She assumed a false identity and earned a livelihood as a hotel maid. Some accounts state that Leia died in 1982, but French film producer Claude Ventura claims to have discovered Leia living in a hospice center in France in 2000 while creating the film Enquete des Sours Papin in search of the Papin sisters. And I know I brutalized that, okay? So uh-huh. don't correct me. <laughs> I do not speak French. Um, and I barely speak English. <laughs> Maybe we speak better English when we have had wine. Maybe. I mean, I maybe mean, it makes more we sense. Speak in wine tongues. But. We do. And then she has a stroke, which renders her partially par- paralyzed and unable to speak. And then this woman dies in 2001. So, like, the way they wrote that means that some people don't think it was her. But hmm. um, although the sisters were deemed sane and fit to stand trial, the psychological community struggled and debated over a diagnosis for the two. After much consideration, it was concluded that the sisters suffered from shared paranoid disorder, which is believed to occur when groups groups or pairs of people are isolated from the world, developing paranoia, and in which one partner dominates the other. Apparently, this disorder can happen in cults, and one of the examples that was given when I was researching this was Heaven's Gate. Hmm. Mass delusion. Say you know, it. if that woman, if he, the woman in what, 2000? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that means that she's like 100, right? Well, no, because Leia was born in 1911. Oh, okay. I thought she, well, still. The, that's pretty that's old. That's pretty old. Yeah. But not 100. I mean, no, I like have 90, an aunt that's, I think. I, yeah, I have a, yeah. So she lived a long life. Yeah. If that's her. Yeah, if that's her. But the other report says 1986, so. Yeah, I mean, that makes more sense to me. Considering the terrible life that they lived. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that's my story. It's pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. That was a good story, though. I know people are probably, like, when I edited the last episode, Mm -hmm. I could hear a lot of stuff in the background. (laughs) And now everybody's going to hear us, like, yeah. (laughs) So my husband bought us EGs, like some orange. Uh, I'm making the worst sounds. All right. Yeah, I know. And all you hear is the ice. Slurping. Yeah. And then like, I'm trying to crunch really quiet. It's, I it try tastes and like go peach. Like this. Is yours peach? Orange. It, is, it looks There's orange, chunks but it tastes oranges peach, in it. peachy. Or something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I wouldn't be able to eat it if it was peachy. Really? Maybe mango. Hmm. Could be. Mm-hmm. My turn. Your turn. Your turn. Your turn. Mm-hmm. I am excited about our store, though, and I can't wait until we get our masks. I am excited about where we're going with the, all this. Same. Same, lady. Same. I can't wait to hear your story. I can't wait to go on our event. I wish you were going to Tucson. I wish we would have thought of that. We could have put Allie's well, I wish we bed knew. in your truck, taken it to her, gone on an adventure, and then come home. Yep. We could have if you would have said anything night. about it, like just a few days ago, I would have said, I don't know, because we just barely got the truck back last night because we yeah. had to take it back. I didn't you even know, think about it, though. It ended up almost being like almost $10,000 worth of damage from that guy. Um, That's insane. Just like bumping into, I mean, sideswiping my husband on the freeway. That's insane. And he took off, right? Yeah, and he did, took off. Yeah. yeah. That's so. crazy. Luckily, we have insurance. 
Oh, can I tell you something? Never get, it's, I think it's Maybelline. I'm not sure. Might be, I don't know. But it's this Katy Perry mascara. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Is it? It doesn't come off even oil, uh-huh. Vaseline, Seriously? soap water. I can't, I could, it takes, I mean, I have rubbed this shit and I barely have my eyelashes anymore. And it takes forever to get it off. And it's horrible to work with. The wand is awful. And then, like, it clumps your eyelashes together. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. I hate it. I think the one I get, is it CoverGirl or it's Maybelline? The, it's the pink the pink bottle. Mm. Like, the pinky purplish bottle. I think it's something professional. Mm-hmm. I love it. I swear by it. Oh, I'll have to check that out. I swear by I'll it. Check that out. Do you know what I do? The fat bottle? Mm-hmm. I'll usually, like, put a little bit of... Um, powder on my what do you call it my eyelashes, eyelashes right before and then i kind of just like swoop on it and it makes it extends my eyelashes what yeah. hey that's smart like right now i have something in my eye is it driving you crazy isn't it amazing that it was like 118 almost 120 degrees last week crazy yeah crazy yes it was fucking hot oh i can't even go outside i hate going to get the mail oh <laughs> I won't go anywhere during the day if I can help it. I'll go at night. Yeah, same. Same. Grocery store, anything. Anything. It's better to go in the morning while it's still cool because even at night, like, it's like there's that heat is coming up off of the concrete. It's even worse than going in the morning. The morning is hot. Yeah, the morning. You know what I hate is letting the dogs out in the middle of the night and it's like 100 (laughs) degrees. I can feel the heat coming in through the door. I'm like, this is so unnatural. When my person left the other night at one o'clock in the morning, it the the breeze was nice. It was so nice outside. It was really it? was. It felt you good. Know, I feel like we had a couple of nice nights where it wasn't like yeah. oppressive like it was last week. Yeah. Last week was just I was like, Wow, it like actually feels nice out right now. Beautiful full moon. All right. Oh but no. No do. I'm just like excited that well, we you weren't gonna have say a something? camera. Oh, what? Oh, we're, we're going to have, have a camera. camera. Yes. Thanks to my ex-husband. Yes, you know, thank you. Just pays to be thank nice you. to the Thank you. We ex. appreciate it. You have no idea. Brian. Thank you, Brian. We can't wait to go on adventures. So excited. Yes. And it's not just like a little crappy one either. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it's going to be a good one. Okay, so mine's on Trans Transalgony Lunatic Asylum. And it's it was named Weston state hospital also because it's in weston west virginia all right that's that all right story's over okay that's our show folks this has been tipsy tales i'm alma and carlene and you're welcome all right so it was constructed in 1858 the original construction started using inmates from a prison. That was interesting to me. Really? Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the local newspaper in November of that year noted seven convict Negroes, which I thought that was interesting that they, because that's how they talked back then. Right. Um, as the first arrivals for work on the project. But they also said, um, I don't know if I wrote this, but they said it was like, and still might be one of the largest, because the stone that they actually use, so it's all all the stone. Right. Stone ma- mason. Uh-huh. That's, a, that's what somebody does, right? right? So the stone that they used is the largest hand-cut stone mason- masonry building in North America. Wow. 
and it is it's humongous it's so pretty you know what i wish i wish this is what i would do if i was like a million dollar powerball winner all these buildings that we research are usually like the asylums there's hundreds of rooms wouldn't it be cool to like grab some of those redo them and use them for like facilities to get people on their feet like house hundreds of homeless people and I thought like get levels right so like when you're on this level you're working up to be this level and then when you're on this level you're working up to be on this level and then depending on what level you are you contribute to your community the homeless center's community so, so like, like homeless multi-level mar- marketing yeah kind of <laughs> like you start out you don't pay anything it all trickles down yeah and then like like you know women who have kids and they have to go to work and they don't have childcare. Right. But then the women that are there in order to have your apartment and stuff, you will work in the daycare center while the other women that are working outside. So they're accruing skills mm-hmm. to work on the outside of the world, but they're also contributing to help each other. Right. It's I have I have all kinds of these weird ideas, but it makes sense. Like you can use these buildings that are just sitting there wasting space. Kind of almost like a, a commune. Kind of, yeah. But you're to fighting. To get on your feet. Yeah, and you're you're graduating. All right. Anyway, okay. So back to this. So anyway, I just found that really interesting. That it, oh, and then they said that it's also. I think I wrote it down. Um, it may still be the largest building made with that stone in the world next to the Kremlin. Really? Pretty interesting, right? Yeah. It is a pretty, like from the pictures. Yeah. It's humongous. It's, uh, yeah, it's massive. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of foreboding almost. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the pictures, the way they show them. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. I I think it's gorgeous. Anyway. Okay. So apparently some people thought it was gorgeous enough gorgeous enough to stay right <laughs> well after death evidently <laughs> oh skilled stonemasons were later brought in from germany and ireland it's amazing how much how many people were brought in from like ireland right to do buildings right it's crazy isn't it one Think about the railroads and the railroad oh you know what i learned right before countries. i came here there was a railroad not far from this place like i guess that's how a lot of people got there it's like um an hour drive i think right and that has a lot of haunted history too really yeah yeah a lot of people died in that tunnel i didn't do a lot of research on it though because it was not your story (laughs) yeah i mean i wanted if i had more time i would have and if i knew about it sooner i would have added it as part of my story because there is like some kind of connection but i didn't i just thought it was really interesting like they people see um like a ghost train that comes through with the mist and feel the breeze of it they don't actually see a full-fledged train but like the feelings of the train that comes through like they see a light yeah, they see a light at the end of the tunnel, and when they go to explore it, they feel like the and they see like a mist drumming up, oh. and they feel and hear spirits inside, and it's got a crazy little history history of its own. Anyway, construction was interrupted in 1861 due to the Civil War, which, again, to me, that was interesting. Right. And uh, the U.S. government of Virginia demanded the return of the hospital's construction funds. So they, so they halt construction, 
you know, something more important is going on. And then they're like, you know what, forget this. This isn't important. We need the money for the defense. So the, they re, oh, the reorganized government appropriated money to resume construction in 1862. Following the admission of the West Virginian, Virginia as a U.S. state in 1863. Okay, the hospital was renamed the West Virginia Hospital for the Insane. The first pa- uh, patients were admitted in October 1864, but construction continued into 1881. So wow. they, they just are constantly doing construction. So, you know, it started out like this and then would just keep growing, growing, growing because they just kept doing construction on it. There was a separate, they call it a clock tower, mm-hmm. um, that was completed in 1871 that had se- separate rooms for just black people, which was still in construction until 1873. Is this in Pennsylvania? West Virginia. West Virginia. Wow. Yeah. It was it was meant to be completely self-sufficient with farm, dairy, water, waterworks and everything. So that that was their goal. Oh, and it had its own cemetery. Dun dun dun. They had oh. their own huge Okay, so the cemetery, this is kind of interesting too. Is located on the grounds which ultimately grew to be 666 acres. Shut up. Tell me that's not a little strange. Ew. Yeah. Ew. That's weird, right? Six, six, six. Okay. In 1913. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little crazy. Yeah. In 1913, the hospital's name was changed to the Western Weston State Hospital, originally designed to house 250 patients. But by 1880, it had 717 patients. By the 1950s, it had... It was always an asylum? Always an asylum. So there was that many crazy people? Oh, you wait. Wow. (laughs) It had... No. It had 2,600 patients by the 1950s. So it was so overcrowded. They had way too many people in it. It was starting to get really run down but let me let well let me tell you in the early when it was first open anybody could be sent there so remember we did that one story um about the little boy oh and the wife though there's the movie i did it on mm-hmm. okay yeah uh, if a husband didn't like what his wife was doing the changeling yes uh-huh. the changeling if a wife if a husband didn't like his wife or he got pissed off at her he could just send her there mm-hmm. the hospital would pay the hospital would pay to have her housed there and call her crazy. Wow. And then ch- there was no age limit. I mean, children were dropped off what? there. Yes. Children, um, whether they had mental illnesses or their parents just couldn't afford to have them, they just kept them there. So, uh, yeah. It, and it, people, so the people that were there were could be um, alcoholics, drug addicts, mentally um with mental issues or or you could just be gay you could just be somebody just didn't like you so that you admitted yeah like oh that happened a lot i guess the gay a gay person yeah (laughs) that was a mental disorder just tell you something so one of my one of my beautiful amazing couples they're they're at my house and i and i'm like the one thing i cannot stand is i love my gays or when people are like the gays came over 
like that. I'm like, oh, I, I always talk about how I will sit down with my kids and I'll be like, can you guys sit down for a second? I need to tell you something. What? Oh my God, mom. And I'm like, no, this is serious. I'm heterosexual. <laughs> like you are such an idiot. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know why everybody has, is so worried about what everybody sexually is or, yeah. and why they have to announce it. I don't have to announce what I am. Right. Or who I sleep with. So why do why do they? Who cares? Anyway, yes, I know. It did happen a lot. And because there was something wrong with them. Quote, unquote. Right. Thank you. I did the quote. <laughs> you did. Yeah. <laughs> did you see me? You did. <laughs> okay. My mind was just yeah. reading you. <laughs> I did this. Something wrong with them. All right. Um, the hospital housed epileptics and Alcoholics, drug addicts, blah, blah, blah. We said that. Um, in 1949, a series of reports by the Charleston Gazette um, found poor sanitation, insufficient furniture, lighting, and heating in much of the hospital. But they were like, the hospital looks like shit. Your people are sleep, you know, sleeping in shit. And then you go to another part of the hospital, and it's total luxury. Really? Yeah, and oh. it, I guess that part of the hospital had been in a fire, so mm-hmm. they redid it. Uh-huh. Rather than, like, taking Do care... Do the whole hospital? Right, <laughs> they just... Just that area. But you know what? I'm wondering if that area was more for, like... Because I think that some of the staff might have lived there, because they oh. talk about, like, there's this little girl that haunts there, and they don't know if it's one of the nurses or doctors, daughters, or... Because she's been there from birth till she died. So they're like, they don't know if it's a patient's kid or somebody just, you know. Okay, so patients were having children oh, and was... the children were being raised in the asylum mm-hmm. with the parent? Um, yeah, they were, well, I don't think they were being raised because the, they, when I talk about the haunting, we'll just uh-huh. talk about it now, but they talk about her looking for her mom mm-hmm. and the mom looking for her. So, so they I would don't separate think, them. Uh-huh. So why not just remove them? From the environment. Because there was a kid's ward. And well, because people were dropping their kids off anyway. So there was nowhere to put them. That's gross. Yeah, so crazy. It's all gross. but It is. It is. And and what's appalling is that this hospital did not close. Wait until you hear. Until like 1994 or 96 or something like that. So this went on for a long time. Yeah. So in the early 1950s, it was well known for... Oh, they did lobotomies. Oh, my God. No, no, no. no Have you ever seen... No anesthesia. How they did? Yes. they. It was like chisel and and you could... It was so disgusting. And they thought that this would help. Yeah. I can't hear myself talking. They thought this that this would help somebody. Yeah. I'm telling you. Mm. It was grossing me out just thinking about it. And then to think, oh, my God, they were just torturing these people. And the guy that invented it. lobotomies, he ended up lobotomizing his own daughter or his what wife. The hell? And then regretted it. Like he like, I think he ended up regretting the whole. Yeah. Like, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. They did electric shock therapy, which, again, they still do to this day on people. But I don't see how that helps anything none of it does no it's disgusting yeah they did a lot of really shitty and to think that mental health care has not progressed too far beyond that Mm -hmm. but at least they're not doing lobotomies lobotomies anymore but still like we don't treat our can you imagine having somebody shove a chisel into your brain while you're awake though no (gasps) no and i don't want how would you not just die from that i wonder anyway 
So in the early 50s. Sorry. Oh, so here it says that they did it. They were doing these lobotomies a lot of times just to reduce the overcrowding. So I don't know if they would do it so that they were all just like drooling vegetables and then they would just shove them all in one area of the hospital where they didn't have to worry too much about them. You know what I mean? Because then they were low maintenance because they were just, now they're really fucked up. Ugh. Weird. I don't know. Because when I read that, I was like, well, how does that help their overcrowding? It's not, to kill them would help the overcrowding more and would help them more than doing a lobotomy. Oh. Oh, my God. It's so gross. Because to me, that's just, you just murdered them right there anyway. Yeah. Because their quality of life just went out the window. Yeah. And they did. They, like, it probably did help the overcrowding because they could just throw them all in one room and not really worry about them mm-hmm. because they didn't have fillings anymore. They just didn't care about them. They were just drooling them. nothings. <sighs> Gross. Okay. All right. So by the 80s, 1980s, due to changes in how we treat mental illness, the population of patients was greatly reduced. Patients who couldn't be controlled were located. Oh, my God. Tell me how this is better. This is the 80s. You would think you and I lived in the 80s. <laughs> Yeah. You would think it would be a little more... It seems more... like it was just yesterday, it does. the 80s. It does, but it, I guess in my <laughs> dysfunctional little world, things still seemed a little perfect. They were locking these patients up in cages. <sighs> not not cells, not little rooms to themselves, cages. That's fucked up. Like in animals. 1980s. Like animals. Yes, like animals. Okay, so... so Gross. The th- yeah. In 1986, the governor announced that he would build a new hospital elsewhere and make the asylum a prison. Um, and then it just simply closed in 1994. He didn't so do it never, anything. So it never became a prison? Never became anything. So it's just... Like, I don't know. It just seems like there would be so much bad juju in a place like that. Mm-hmm. Like, could you make it into, like, your idea, like, make it into housing or whatever? Like, it, it just seems like, like the walls have... I don't know. It's pretty could dark. Could anything productive ever ha- come out of that place because of all the darkness that was I in think there? so. I think it, it needs... I think... You know what's crazy? You know how it, sometimes those people are in their own world? Like, their personal hell is their happiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, you know, the ones that were literally put through hell and knew about it, I don't know. I don't know how you'd get rid of that energy. Well, and it's the energy of the people, the terrible people. The ones that did it. That took advantage of those people and did the horrible things. Like, just like, just recently, the, what happened here in Arizona and that, um, it was like a home where this girl's been in a coma for years and she ends up pregnant. Oh, right. Yeah, because she was raped by one of the caretakers. And and how they act all stupid. How many, I guarantee that happened to several more people in that, in that same facility. Right. They just didn't get caught. Right. Yeah, it's disgusting. So it's like, these these monsters, these people are attracted to jobs like this. Yes, they are. Yeah, it's disgusting. (sighs) Mm. All right. Well, because of all the murders, the abuse, the people in the hospital, it is extremely haunted. And then I already said if your husband just didn't like you, he would send you there. But um, even children, I already did that. If I had one, if I was married back then, I definitely would probably be because I just don't listen. I sorry. The old me, the old, (laughs) the old me. I don't was care. a lot more mousy and like, fine, I'll do it, and I just didn't fight back. Right. But the me now would. They wouldn't tolerate it. They'd put me in a place. They would definitely be like, you know what? You're out of control. We're sending you away because you're ridiculous. Yeah, I just don't do what I'm told. 
No, I stand up for myself. I'm like, what, motherfucker? You want me to do what, what asshole? What? I already had a daddy. Yeah. <laughs> you are not controlling this bitch. You're not the boss of me. No, bossy. Okay, so the children's world on the... Children's world. The children's <laughs> ward <laughs> on the second floor. People claim to hear children talking. There's EVPs of whispering As if they're whispering to each other, but you can't make out what they're saying. Mm -hmm. The most famous of the children is a little girl named Lily. Mm -hmm. Lily. 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 (laughs) Not like my tongue was all tied. Lily. Lily, Lily, Lily. She was born, that's the one, she was born in the asylum and died in the asylum when she was only nine. Aww. Isn't that sad? And like I said, they... They see her, people say it's like she's wandering around and they all get the feeling like she's looking for some, someone or something. Right. So she probably is. But it's <sighs> almost like she doesn't know that she can, because that's the only home she's ever known. So they they say it's almost like she doesn't know that she can go anywhere Why else. Why doesn't somebody let, like, like Carlene go light. in and tell her yeah. she can go? Yeah. I don't know. You know, they've had tons of psychics right. in and out of there. Like, why wouldn't somebody well, send her to the light? Maybe it would kill business. I personally, I was thinking about that too when I was watching it. I'm like, why? I would go in there and I would have my angel help who would take her and guide her to where she needs to go. Like, I think it's so sad that, that they're kills just me letting like her a be... child. Yeah. And it kills me that an innocent can get stuck here. Yeah, see, and, and, and I don't understand that. I usually that. don't believe all that, but there was actual, they were showing stuff, and I'm like, oh, maybe she is stuck. Because, I mean, I also learned when I was doing this like crossing helping somebody cross over i don't cross them and i don't help them my people my higher people do but they would explain to me sometimes if somebody is here too long it's harder for them to find their way back really yeah so sometimes like if somebody so let's say somebody's told um their whole life their physical world life that if you commit suicide you you don't go to heaven like you are stuck here right so when they if they do take their own life or take responsibility for their life they won't go to the light because their physical world their soul is saying i'm not supposed to go so they're just like i'll just stay here wow and then sometimes it's the physical world that's holding them back so like if somebody's grieving for somebody and won't let them go because they feel like they have to, they some sometimes they don't go until they're sure you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's just a matter of saying, no, look, and then having go. the angel come, yeah, and just say, no, you need to come on. Because, I mean, if they stay too long, that little window gets smaller and smaller, I guess. That's sad. It's it's interesting. I'm still learning, so right. I can't answer the whole question. All the, I don't know everything, but right. we're learning every day. So it's interesting, though. How that works because when I went <laughs> I went to the light I went right away I was like mm, bye now <laughs> as I said this that, soul's not waiting nope it's time for you to go back <laughs> yeah they were like um just giving you a message girl and I literally was arguing like why no. can't I come <laughs> you have important things to do I mean I had a full-on conversation with up there <laughs> so <laughs> that can happen too anyhow and now I think about it, and I'm like, oh, I have so many more questions. I wasn't there long enough to ask all my questions, though. Enough of that. Anyway, so with Lily, um, she likes to she likes to like hold people's hands or tug their clothes, Aww. and she's very sweet. Um, 
she if they put a ball a ball on the ground you know people will leave toys for her right and if they put a ball on the ground she will like play ball with people right and um she shows herself this is what they say people say that she shows herself in a white dress i think she has dark hair mm-hmm. um they say if you leave candy she'll take the candy oh so what like does some, she do with it can she eat it i don't know but or they hoard it i guess somebody said they left a piece of candy on a chair then they went and explored the rest when they came right. back the candy was the wrapper was there but the candy was gone that's so weird right because it's not like she can eat it oh and then here's another one okay so there was um a group went in and one of the people left a Cracker Jack box on the sink. Uh-huh. And we're like, here you go, Lily. Here's some Cracker Jacks. And they put the Cracker Jack box. And so they said that the Cracker Jack box then starts kind of like moving, shaking, and then spinning around oh. on the sink. And then it had fell in the sink, but it was almost like somebody was trying. It was just profusely like moving around, like somebody was trying to open it. Oh. And so they had a recorder, too. So they were recording, you know, a an audio recorder so we're trying to get evps and so they hear they they said they heard it sounded like somebody was chomping on the popcorn you know the the uh cracker cracker jacks but the box wasn't open but you could hear like somebody was eating it Mm. (laughs) and they're like you're crunch 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 but the box wasn't open and then you hear someone say thank you a little girl will say thank you so she was like oh she said thank you for the treats thank you for my treats that's what she says. That's I didn't write that one crazy. down, but I thought that was a crazy story. Yeah. Is this the same place? Like, um, I don't know if I'm getting all my haunted asylums mixed up, but there was one where there's a little kid in there and they, they put a ball in the middle of the room and the kid, is this? Did well, you, that, you know what's so weird? That happens at a lot of asylums. Yeah, they do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think there's one, um, I don't know if it's Omar uh-huh. and CJ that did one where there was like, a little boy mm-hmm. at an asylum and he and the ball would like be kicked out into the hallway and stuff yeah. yeah yeah but this one is just the little girl and sometimes people would put the ball down and it didn't go anywhere but they they have they there were even people that worked there that had witnessed her playing with the ball so i don't know i didn't see it happen interesting these are stories anyway um it also is okay so here's another one so two men who were residents of the place and they went and got another mentally challenged man they take him into their room they strangle him they grab him so they loop their sheets right they tie their sheets they loop it over something you know like a pipe or something they tie him up around the neck and they start hanging him oh my gosh and then when just as he couldn't breathe they would let him, they were totally toying with him right so he couldn't breathe they'd let him down then they'd do it again and then they let him down then they do it again and they let him down they were torturing him right then they took him and they put him like you know how the beds are metal uh-huh. so they like put him under the bed somehow and they start jumping on the bed and jumping on the bed jumping on the bed until the bed punctures his head (sighs) blood spurting everywhere and kill him that way so they say that they get things from isn't that disgusting like that's the kind of shit that went on in that place so depraved Mm -hmm. like here you have cute little lily but Mm -hmm. has been there since birth, doesn't really know any difference. So you have kids that are being raised in this. The the workers that work there are like, this place was holy hell. And imagine being a little kid knowing nothing else. Right. 
and being raised in this place. Like, as an adult. You think that that's normal. Yeah. Like, when you grow up in a dysfunctional household. Right, you think everywhere's like that. Yeah. But not only that. And and then she thinks, like, that's her safe place. So she stays, even after death. Yeah. And then the other thing is, like, imagine being surrounded by... Like all the screaming and the cre- and and being completely normal and locked up in there and then probably leaving complete and if you ever get to leave completely crazy right. because of all the stuff that you see in there, like, it's just so oh, I can um. But anyway, so I got I got to find out what was done in that room. But I think they hear hear EVPs and stuff in that room too. Is there any like physical manifestations? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll get to that. So then there's old Ruth. And she had been there for 23 years. She was a permanent, she had permanent permanent psychosis and severe depression. And she was confer, confined to a feeder chair, which is like a wheelchair with like a table on it. Uh-huh. And they say she haunts the first floor and she touches people. And so, oh, so like back to the guys that killed the guy. <laughs> There's like, did you get chills? Mm-hmm. There's like all these... Um, People, there's even photos and like the ghost hunt, uh, ghost adventure guys, and I think it was them. They had our yeah, because they did. Um, you were reduced to watching Zach and the Ghost. I was, but he did. Um, he does these contests with like these groups, right? Right, and one of the groups actually captures a shadow figure, and they they all say it looks like a man, and that's. The report, a lot of people see a shadow figure that, that looks like a man, and I'm wondering if it's one of these guys. That, so they catch a picture? They do have okay. pictures, but I don't I don't know if you can... And we can see if it's online. Okay. But anyway, um, lots of people have caught shadow figures going by. Even the ghost hunters have... They said they saw a slithery, shadowy figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you okay? I just thought of something. Sorry. <laughs> they had a shadowy figure, um, but it was like slithery, snakeish like. Right. But anyway, okay, so there's there there's a lot of shadowy figures that go by. And then like the woman here, old Ruth, she likes to touch people. There was a um a crew there that were doing it was a photographer and all of them and they were doing they had a model and they were doing pictures. She was like in a wedding dress and you would get slamming doors that were freaking them out and they were getting and he wasn't there to capture that stuff he just was kind of like if we do and so like they would go and explore something you could hear hey or you could you could hear like the evps on their equipment of ghosts adventures um, partis- no ghosts of participating oh, okay, okay, okay. in their conversation what yeah and so then uh the the girl she starts running away she's like okay they're touching my butt they're touching my butt now what so spirit was like grabbing her butt so they were all laughing at her like now they're they want you so it was pretty funny but yes that's it so a lot of that touching stuff happens on the first floor and then on the third floor there's jacob air Ar- Ar- um, at 29, he was admitted for drinking and depression. and they <laughs> Seriously? Had, just yes. drinking and depression and you yeah. had to go to a mental asylum? I'm telling you, they had people there for drinking. They had people there for drugs. They had people there for the hell of it. I mean, honestly, like the way I've seen some people react to like having to wear a mask, mm-hmm. like fucking cuckoo birds. Like mm-hmm. if we still had those places around today, I would say... They should be in there, <laughs> throwing themselves take, on take the ground. Take this person right here. But no, I'm just... 
A grown-ass woman throwing herself on the ground in a Throwing store. shit out of their Throw, cart. Yeah. Spitting on people's faces. <gasps> on a baby. Oh, people are disgusting. Oh. They're just like lost their fucking minds. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay, so they say you can hear EVPs of him asking for whiskey. And then they also like, you know, have you seen um, on any of those ghost shows where they will put flashlights oh yeah and then they have them communicate that way well they do that i want to do that we should do that i do want to do that okay um so let's do that let's hey we should do that you know what we should do we should do the thing with the flashlights where ghosts turn them on and off we should do that we should do that totally (laughs) (laughs) we're ridiculous but anyway yeah so they would have the flashlights with them to communicate and then um he they kind of he always asked for whiskey so people see shadows they get in feelings of anxiety which you get that a lot when spirits around um they get the feeling of nausea um they hear whispering in their ears they see shadow figures of a man which i told you and even photos caught of it which i told you they hear banging doors oh and whistling did i tell you about the whistling in my house that i always get yeah okay and they hear footsteps i mean that's a lot of activity and that's not even all of it but that's a lot of it yeah that's crazy right anyway that's my story it was short and sweet wow yeah that's a lot of activity but it really is it is a lot of activity in that place which and i i mean that's i i was researching it for quite a bit it seemed like all the people were kind of getting the same things like what i wrote was the touching and the but the evps like you know we we research a lot of these and you'll get evps but the evps are insane in this are place they? i might have to get some clips if i can find them oh that's good oh yeah you'll find them yeah yeah it is it's crazy it is crazy but anyway but uh, yeah it is insane that listening on my when my video thing goes off or i'm listening to it at night and i'll hear like just somebody whistling that's so it's like no tv on weird yeah it is it's crazy at least they're happy yeah. happy ghosts <laughs> you're in a good mood today ghost (sighs) wow i think the coffee has worn off oh i'm getting so tired yeah and i still have that sugar high now i'm just feeling the sugar drop yeah yeah and i still have a full day ahead of me do you already have everything loaded up no i have to go get the truck that's why i'm on a time limit i have to go get the truck so who's driving your truck back no um the kid across the street his friend who he comes over and i and talks to me a lot you know, so he hasn't been over to catch up with me lately. So he said he'll take me to go get the truck. And then when he co- we, we'll come back, we'll load up Allie's bed, the heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. And then that's why Tyler's texting me right now. And then and then him and I can do a little catch up session. We can still not this weekend, of course, but like take a trip down there to visit Allie yeah. and get some ghost hunting in. Oh, get this get this so i'm sitting on my couch and i get this overwhelming sensation of like emotion but i know it's not my emotion obviously i wasn't even thinking of anything so i'm like what the hell who is this okay so i let it go and then is it yesterday the day before i start hearing all this bragging and i'm like wait a minute and then i realize i think this is for ali's friend ali her new roommate Uh uh-huh so I text Allie and I'm like, um, the girl that you're moving in with and the girl's mom, I'm going to be writing back with. Because right. that's what I think I'm oh. getting prepared for. Okay. Is it her dad that's on the other side? Just say yes or no. 
because I don't want to know anything. Right. I don't know the girl. I don't know anything. And I said, just say yes or no. And she's like, yes. And I said, um, okay, because I think her dad is already prepping me for the time I'm going to have with her. I mean, he was right down to showing me him hugging her. And I'm like, oh, dear Lord, if I hug her like that, her mom's going to be like, what are you doing to my daughter? Right. <laughs> and then he's like bragging about her. So I told her, I said, he is bragging about her. He's like so proud of his girl and so happy that you guys Aww. are going to be roommates. So I guess she sent that to her friend. Right. But he's already prepping me for my visit with them. Wow. Yeah. So I can only imagine what, because I don't know this woman I'm going to be writing back from Tucson with, but he's already prepping me for that drive. Interesting. Right? That's crazy how you get it ahead of time sometimes. Right? I like it when I get it ahead of time. I like it when I'm going to a restaurant and all of a sudden I'm like getting shit for whoever my waitress is going to be or waiter. And I have no idea who they're going to be, but Spirit does. Right. And then I'll get there and I'll be like, oh, oh, this makes sense now. Hey, are you? And they're like, what? How do you know me? Yep. It's crazy. It is crazy. All right. Well, I guess we're going to have to call it a day because you got to get going. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we can't say good night. We could say good afternoon. We could say ciao. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how do you say goodbye in French? I wonder. How do you say goodbye in French? In French, goodbye is? Au revoir. Au revoir. No, nah, we knew Au that. Revoir. Au revoir, everybody. Au revoir. All right. Well. <laughs> I'm Carlene. <laughs> I'm Alma. Peace out. Peace out. Have a good one, you guys. Hey, and check out our YouTube. Oh, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. And comment on our uh, what our iTunes one. Yes, definitely. Go there, and if you want to check out the stuff that we have on our store, it's out there. I'll be putting the link up. Support us. Support us. So we can do some fun stuff and grow. Oh, just tell people about us, too. Yes. Like, oh, we're growing. We really appreciate we're that. We're growing. We're definitely growing. We'll keep it coming. Our, our listenership is still, like, climbing and climbing and climbing. So. All right. We'll keep telling friends. Thank you, guys. All right. Seriously. We really do appreciate you guys. Have a good afternoon. We love you guys. All right. Bye now.